Tell me about your SCP experience. Yeah, so I was I was out with Geo like a Monday, like a week ago, and we had to go to Micro Center, so we went to Micro Center, and then afterward we were like, okay, well, we're hungry, so we stopped and got like picked up food, and then his mom wanted like Wendy's, so we stopped and got we were gonna stop and get Wendy's for her. Uh-huh. Um, so we're out, we're out like in Mayfield, which is like a place we don't usually go, um, for much of anything except for micro centers out there. So we were out there. So we pull into Wendy's and there's a line, which is fine. It's, it's whatever, but it's like, it's always, it takes like when you're hungry, it like takes way longer for people to do things. It seems than yep. when you're not. Yep. So we're in the drive-thru and we go through the drive-thru and we order the food and then we pull to the window. Well, 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 there was a car in front of us and in front of this car, there was another car that was stopped alongside the entrance to the building like you do when you're waiting for like french fries or, or something. Like, like when you're waiting for a food item. It's like pull around to the front. Correct. So the car that was at the window at this point pulled away. And you and I go to pull up. The lady at the drive-thru leans out of the window and says to not to not pull up. She says to stop. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The man that was in the car that was waiting gets out, walks to, walks to the window. Oh, no. She hands him coffees through the window. That, that's illegal, actually. In most states. In the meantime, somebody comes out of the door to bring the, to bring him his food. She walks around to the driver's side, like the passenger side door, in which I see nobody. Nobody and nothing. When this person, like, arrives at the window, somebody sits up from the seat, like Undertaker style, <laughs> and takes the food. And then they get in their car, and then they go. Oh my god. And. <laughs> so, like, they do the Undertaker-style thing while the other person is coming back from the window, walking yes. up to the window, getting the coffees. Yes. And I, I turn to you and I say, I want to go home now. <laughs> Turns to a heterosexual couple. Excuse me, which of you walks up to the window to pick up your coffees, and which of you sits up Undertaker style to take your rest of your order <laughs> from the passenger side window? <laughs> oh my god! But that was the that was the last uh, that was like the last adv- event that I am fairly certain I caused by being some measure of stressed out and hungry. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least yours was like an interesting story and not just an entirely upsetting breakfast experience. Yeah, <laughs> just like what, what, what is this? Curse. Like, That's she what was it like, is. You didn't, you didn't see that person either, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this is a story about how I continue to be cursed, so...
welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast all about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he, him pronouns. And Rita's not here, but that's okay. Um, we will continue on, but I found a Mikey finally. Hello. Hi. It's nice <laughs> to be here again on my own podcast. <laughs> You're on your own talk show pod slash podcast. Yeah. What differentiates what differentiates a-, a podcast from a talk show? Uh a podcast is something uploaded to the internet. Okay. I feel like they might be different. I, I, I don't think yeah, like talk shows have a visual component. I feel okay. like at this point, like there's tons of talk shows in podcast form and the only thing that separates them is they don't usually have like a studio audience. And they're just okay. talking. Okay, that's fair. I just uh, I needed to know, and I've completely lost track of the episode title numbers. So, um, everyone's just gonna have to roll with me on this one. I'm usually a pretty big stickler on that, but um, I'm afflicted these days. So <laughs> this is episode three. We're 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 going back to our regularly scheduled programming. So. Yeah, we're actually going to have a conversation today about Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, yeah, so after we Hawks- did try to record this episode like six months ago. Yes. And this is the episode that has been cursed. So we are doing it regardless of anything that happens yeah, at this I mean, point. We're still making cursed, it happen. But that's fine, um, which is my daily Cursed in my, different ways. Which is my daily mantra. Um just still doing it still out here doing it um (laughs) um we don't have a read today but we're gonna continue on with um some wolverine and the x-men we're finished we do have a rosby oh oh, my dog yeah Yeah, we do have mikey's poodle rosby hi hopefully won't actually interfere in the recording (laughs) i feel like now now you've now you've done it no, it's okay. Um, the trash is up high on a highest shelf, so he can't get into the trash. Okay. All right. Well, that that bodes well. That bodes well. Yeah. Um, but we're done with the hawks and the pox. Those things are done. Um, so we're going to go back in time. And boy, are we going to go back in time? Um, yeah. To discuss so, Wolverine and the X-Men. So, yeah. So we're going to be talking about Wolverine and the X-Men numbers five through eight today. But... Since it's been a while, if you're a regular listener, if you're listening to the backlog, it will be as if, well, there's three bonus episodes between now and the last one, so maybe you need a refresher too. So we're at the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning. Uh, We've got Wolverine and Kitty Pride as the head master and head mistress, um, because that's what they call them in the book. And then for the rest of the faculty, we've got Beast, Gambit, Rachel Gray, Rogue, Iceman, Cannonball, Chamber, Husk, Karma, Frenzy, Dupe, and Toad, who's the janitor. Some of these characters, I, uh, I swan to John, never come up in the book. They don't. But they're listed. They, they, they don't. They don't. So at I'm going to read them. <laughs> and then supposedly for the students, we've got Armor, Anal, Blindfold, Bling, Brew, Cypher, Ernst, which I don't even know who that is. Uh, Gentle, Lob Herman, Gray Malkin, Hellion, Indra, Kid Gladiator, Kid Omega, Match, Mercury, Oya, Rockslide, 
and trance. And then we've also got an assorted miscellaneous characters, Warbird, who is Kid Gladiator's Shi'ar bodyguard. I feel like the book's only about five people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and in fact, I, I bring that up in my summary. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's good. Good try, I guess, Jason Aaron. But um, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little bit of false advertisement, I guess. I I might have been irrit- irritated if I had picked up the book thinking any of those characters would show up in it, and they yeah, unlike. Uh, hawks, pox, talks, stocks. However, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, which does actually seem to have all the characters that are stated have shown up or are in previews, even the extremely minor characters, which is like a total say what you will about hawks pox and i know like some people are not into the two book format and everything but the one thing it is absolutely making good on that n- is incontrovertible is the fact that like every character that they say this character is coming back and is in a book they're in a book <laughs> and they they <laughs> have something to do with things yeah as advertised so. okay so mikey do you want to do this previously on yeah so last regular episode we talked about wolverine and the x-men issues one through four in which logan aka wolverine took over as headmaster of the mutant school in concert with kitty pride the school now being named jean gray institute for higher learning as i mentioned earlier so the ny the new york board of education shows up and starts touring the school and through that we learn about kind of the new status quo what classes are going on, what that looks like, psychic self-defense, weird danger room is everywhere now, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we mute, meet new students like Brew, the mutant brood, who actually is peaceful, and that's why he's a mutant, because he's not bloodthirsty. Um, and we also meet Quentin Choir and Clid- Kid Gladiator, a Shi'ar prince who is somehow at the school for reasons unknown, um, and they both indeed make dramatic entrances to the school. So we also got Cade Kilgore, who will be, I would say, the primary antagonist for most of this arc. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Uh, who's the new Black King of the Hellfire Club. Shows up with the new Hellfire Club, who are a bunch of kids. And Logan kind of tells him to get lost. Cade doesn't like that. And he attacks the school with a, a Krakoa ghouls and superintendent wendigo mutagens uh she shoots them <laughs> with vials and they turn into monsters it's a whole thing I, yeah as you do i guess also all the the new hellfire club looks like they just chop a hot topic which is probably on topic for i don't know 2010 when this book came out so that's that's that yeah we all know that the only people that shop at hot topic in the year 2019 are like queer millennials so <laughs> yeah it's fine it's fine um through a series of events we see brew fall in love with one of the other students id upon seeing her which is kind of weird and bad um 
Uh, during this fight, Bobby Drake summons ice golems for the first time because he, of course, is an Omega-level mutant. Uh, and kisses Kitty Pride without consent. One of the things they probably shouldn't both do because, you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's not him. It's an ice golem, which makes it even weirder. Even even worse. Yeah. yeah weirder and good. worse. Yeah. Uh, through all this, Quentin Quire, who is stuck in detention for uh, apparent reasons, uh, watches all of this happen and is extremely smug about it. Through a flashback, we learn that Logan recently took custody of Quentin Quire from Captain America and essentially extradited him to the school. If Quentin slips up, then Cap will show back up. But Logan says, basically, I'm not going to let it get to that point. Mm-hmm. As we flash back to the present, uh, we see all the kids basically Quentin, uh, crashing Quentin's big ego party, uh, and th- they say basically that they don't know who he is, even though he demands that they do, because he's who he is. Um, through this an- entire thing, Quentin figures out how to solve the Krakoa problem, which is kind of weird thinking about where we are now, um, and he empathizes telepathically with the Krakoa. And learns that it is indeed a mutant as well. Um, Quentin doesn't actually own up to saving the day, but he does. And we see Wolverine sue Cade Kilgore, thinking maybe that all of our troubles are over, but they are not indeed with him because we have to see him more than I'd like. And the superintendents (laughs) become human again. And, you know, the school is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah, Yeah, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Except for they have a staff meeting, um, and it isn't good. Uh, they're hemorrhaging money, uh, to which Logan proposes a solution via Warren Worthington III, a.k.a. Angel's Fortune. We also meet a new student, Genesis, a.k.a. Evan. Um, speaking of Warren, he's back from his weird death-slash-life-seed adventures. I'm not going to explain that. We explained it in the last pod. It's a whole thing. He's better now. But not great still. Kitty brings a guest lecturer into her class, Deathlock, this future robinoid person who tells everyone the probability that they will die and their likely future, except Evan, who he, like, shoots a dirty look and walks out of class. Um, Warren thinks he's an actual angel who can bring dead things back to life. That is true. Him being an angel, not so true. Not so much. Um... It's bad. Uh, Deathlock sees a vision of a fiery future uh, when he looks at Evan, where Quentin is the phoenix and Evan is apocalypse, but Evan doesn't know any of that. Uh, Angel, who is just completely a blank slate other than thinking he's an angel, gets put in school so he can relearn how to be a mutant again. And then Kitty is pregnant? And that's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. Reading back through these after reading Hawks Pox, I'm it's like, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It just seems like it came from an, from another place entirely. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk about this as we like go through the book, but it just seems like it's yo-yoing between like different emotions, and there's like a lack of consistency in the storytelling that. Like, that's not a knock on Jason Aaron. It's just, like, a completely different, like, school of storytelling. Yeah. 100%. But it's just, like... 
It's like, how did we get here? But we know how we got here. We got here because Scott broke up with his boyfriend and then was sad about it. <laughs> and they both went their separate ways. Yeah. For a long while. It's okay. They're they're okay again. So, with all of that being said. New, uh, wow, yeah, new Mutants 5-8. New Mutants? <laughs> I mean, these are new, more different mutants, but Wolverine and the X-Men 5-8? Not those new mutants. Yeah, Wolverine, without further ado, Wolverine and the X-Men 5 through 8. And Mikey, would you tell us all about who's writing and drawing these books? Yeah, so as with the first uh, issues, the writer is Jason Aaron. Uh, the penciler for issues 5 through 7 is Nick Bradshaw. Inkers for page 5 through 7 is Walden Wong with Nick Bradshaw, Jay Lyston, Norman Lee, and Cam Smith. The artist slash colorist for number eight is Chris Bocklow with inks by Tim Townsend. Colorist for issues five through seven is Justin Ponsor, who is sadly no longer with us. Yeah. And that is something that has changed uh, between our last recording and now. One of the greats. Yeah. It's sad. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt Wilson uh, helped him out on issue six. With covers for five through seven by Nick Bradshaw with Justin Ponsor and Maury Hallowell. And then cover for eight is Chris Bocklow with Tim Townsend and letters by Rob Steen. So, can we talk about the big problem I have with the cover to issue number five? Uh, sure. Uh, other than like the xenomorph dealio? fine if that's what it was i'd be fine if it was that just that i am not fine with i'm not fine with pregnant kitty pride on the cover of this and absolutely not fine with the fact that it looks like she has no pants on yeah i mean there's like a one hint of like a pants but (sighs) like it is straight up I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's like straight up looks like someone with a fetish drew it. Yeah. Also, I just want to say, like, this is the outfit. It's a purple t-shirt, like, black bike shorts, I guess. And then, like, ankle socks that she wears, like, pretty much for this entire, um, like, set of issues we're going to be talking about. Is this what people think, like, assigned female at birth folks wear, like, to lounge around in? I'm gonna have to say, I hope not. <laughs> I, I sure hope not. Yeah, it's like I don't like Nick Bradshaw. I know that I know what you're trying to do here. Like it's obvious when I look at it, but it didn't get there, and it like veered off into a territory in which I am not entirely comfortable with. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this whole, this whole set of, uh... yeah. I don't yeah, want to look this, at this cover anymore. I'm turning the page. No, no, you can. Yeah, you can. You can turn the page. You can turn the page. This this set of issues has both a story I really enjoy and a story I don't like at all. Yep. Like, and I don't. I. It's hard for me to reconcile both of those things happening inside of the, the inside of this whole thing. I would have to say the story I like most is relegated to the B plot. Yeah. 
But even that has like some weird. Okay, Warren's whole story at this point has some really weird and uncomfortable mental illness parallels, and yes. in fact, like direct callouts to that that I, as some mentally ill person, really do not like or appreciate. Um, and they certainly haven't aged super well. Um, yeah. So that's a thing. Like, if and you not to sit, and not to take away from like, obviously these are repercussions from Uncanny X Force, where like. Bessie stabbed Warren in the head in like a pretty emotional moment but like the fallout from it is like extremely poorly executed yeah and it it's like a joke 99% of the time too which is I think probably the most upsetting thing about it like if it wasn't obviously like a joke a joke at Warren and like IRL people like him's expense, it probably wouldn't feel as shitty as it does, but yeah, but it does. That's where we're at. Um, I will say, uh, if you didn't guess by our discussion of the cover, um, there's some weird like pregnancy almost four ish things happening with Kitty's whole arc in this. So if that's about, something, I didn't think about the second one. I didn't think about the second yeah, one. I mean, there are. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, I know. if you're uncomfortable with those things, um, you know, maybe cliff notes on these episodes, like, I, I will totally understand if you say, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. I'd rather not listen to this episode. Um, yeah. Just want to give people a fair warning. But the B-plot's really good, other than the... <laughs> gosh, I, we're back to, I like this book, but I have to give it a million caveats. I like this book, but I hate it also. <laughs> Welcome to the young ones. We're gonna hit you with some content warnings and try and also, tell, and also tell you that we like something, but also tell you yeah. the reasons why maybe you you won't. You come here for you know criticism of teen superhero comic books, like that's what we're about. We that's, like. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't just blanket recommend this book. I can't. No, I can't. I mean, and I think. As we go forward, there are going to be more things like this, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Wolverine and the think... X-Men is a book okay. that's just like that. Yeah. There are things that are really good, and there are things that are, like, not great, especially on a reread. Especially on a reread in the year of our Lord 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, like, Warren's been, like, kicked out of his, like, the the board of his company because of yeah what and his accounts are frozen <sighs> and that's but it's that's all a plot that's the hellfire club like warren worthington industries has just been bribed by the hellfire club to do this yes um but you won't learn that for for a little bit um and meanwhile hank is having um, well no they do introduce it like on the next page like oh, the hellfire they? club yeah the hellfire oh. club knows how to treat its friends and there's someone with the little uh. hellfire club pin which i didn't know was a thing until i recently listened to the jay and miles explain the x-men episode uh where they talk about the introduction of the hellfire club didn't realize the lapel pin was a thing but now i do well there you go um you want to learn about the hellfire club listen to them while logan you should listen to that anyway um yeah. while logan and bobby figure out how they're gonna fund the school now because they can't because angel's money is frozen um and while that's happening hank is osmosis jonesing with children inside of um someone's body yeah toads um, god toad. can we just also talk about 
I just want to throw him in the garbage. Yeah. Like, I just want to throw this version of Toad in the garbage. Yeah, he's, like, a sad boy. <laughs> like, oh, God, uh, I don't want to <laughs> use the word incel, but I can't, like, <laughs> that, that's the thing that jumps to mind. <laughs> that's fine, Mikey. At Which... least we all know what you're talking about if you say that. Yeah. Like, not sad boy in a good way. Like, uh, no. Like, in the worst way. He's the worst in this, which is not how Toad has been in the past. I literally do not know where this characterization of Toad came from. Like, I'm used to, I'm used to comics people, like, just kind of picking up a character and saying, okay, I'm going to characterize them this way this time. But usually that comes from canon. Like, Warren at least makes some sort of sense because that's following from Uncanny X-Force, as you said. But Toad, I literally don't know where this is coming from. I don't know. He's be- he's creepy. He does creepy things with Paige. And... Uh, it, like, plots his revenge? Like, yeah, and, like, made that- is made out to be, like, just really stupid also. And yeah. I don't... I don't know. Like, anybody that's, like, this TM relationship goals is like, what are you even talking about? Please stop. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, It's bad, and I wish it didn't exist. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I wish I could selectively delete things from reality. I cannot do that, however. Um, Meanwhile, Kitty's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, And... Uh, she's MIA because she's pregnant. She calls uh, Peter Rasputin Colossus and like hangs up who's on uh, Asteroid M with the other X-Men that are not at the school. Asteroid as M which is now actually gonna... Utopia because it crashed yeah. into the ocean and is now called Utopia now. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, in case uh, you didn't know, there was a schism. Half the X-Men are at the school. Half of them are on Utopia, a.k.a. Asteroid M, a.k.a. that asteroid that crashed in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. Yes. Uh, so... Um, meanwhile, Evan is worried about his place in the school, um, and is, like, kind of feeling morose about it, and Quentin Choir is, of course, giving him shit about it, uh, but we don't get to do that for very long, because... Quentin is called in by Logan Wolverine, who immediately flies him into space, which seems somewhat illegal even by Wolverine standards. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Quentin deserves it because he's an asshole. At this point, yes. At this point, yes. Extreme asshole, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, while we continue to think about why Kitty's suddenly pregnant in a... But she's not. Ugh. Uh, She's yeah, under attack worse. by the brood. That's worse. Uh, like, can yeah, I- they like go to show her her ultrasound, and it's like tons of like insectoid xenomorph style creatures eating her Mikey. from the inside. Mikey, yes. I feel like this could have been achieved without the pregnant belly. You think? I live on the internet. And I've lived on the internet for a long time. Uh-huh. And you cannot tell me that this isn't someone's thing. And it's very oh, bothersome it to read. A hundred percent is. And, like, the thing is, A, 
I don't think any other time the brood have like infected someone, they've had this side effect. Um, never. B. It is also isn't a thing in Alien Xenomorphs, which this is clearly taking from. Correct. You could have just been like, I don't feel good, and maybe I have a chest burster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but see. What you don't understand, Charlie, is they are multiplying inside of her at a previously unknown rate, like a virus, and they are also attuned specifically to her physiology. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even hold my seriousness there. I can't, it's, I, I can't, I, I can't with this. It's, like, I don't know if we're supposed to be taking this seriously or if it's supposed to, like, I'm assuming it's supposed to be a little outlandish, because, like, I read some of Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange, which is actually really good, and there's a lot of, like, weird, interesting stuff there. But, like, I don't know. This ain't it. Like, yeah, I, it's not good. Like, and, like, she's sick, and then we have to, like, all shrink down and go inside of her. Well, okay, so style. yeah, while they were in Toad, uh, Kid Gladiator was defeated by white blood cells, and so <laughs> he is bound and determined to show that no, he is the superior warrior, and no one's gonna punk him. So he shrinks down and jumps into Kitty without asking or letting anyone know what's happening, and says, "I'm not afraid of anything. I'll show you all." And then people have to follow after him as he's shooting people with eye uh, shooting brood with eye lasers and saying, ha, who's the bacteria now? Like. I don't know, man. <laughs> OK, so the thing is. If you're going to have wild, weird stuff like people look at like the 80s and 90s comics and go wow stuff there was really weird and extreme constantly and it made no sense right but like there's still a lot of stories that like inferno and uh, like proteus saga like i've i've got i'm going back and reading like some of the older comics like actually for our masks game and like the thing about those is is there's wild stuff but there's also some very human pathos there and a lot of times that wild stuff becomes like a metaphor for like honest emotions and portions of the human experience. We're not getting any of that here. No, it just, it's just up to 11 it, at all times. It just seems wacky for wacky sake. Yeah. Like in a, in a way that's like, has no grounding whatsoever. Like I'm supposed yeah. to be concerned about Kitty and I'm supposed to be concerned about I'm just not. And it's not because yeah. I know what happens, right? It's it's not because I already know the outcome. It's literally just because there ain't nothing there. Yeah. And, and, and like then there's like a C plot too that Oh god, be, you're right. The it will also become the A plot, I guess. Um there's some space bounty hunter sword has custody of who's also there with brood. And the station explodes, and, and, he and he frees himself, and there's a virus that was activated in the Jean Grey school, which is clearly supposed to be the same one infecting Kitty, but it's like, 
why do we care again? It's 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 it, yeah. it it'll br be brought back, but it's very jarring. Um, it, it like really as is. I was reading it, I couldn't remember. I've read this. I've read this actually like three times over the yeah. period of the last six months as we've been preparing to record and then it's ended up not happening. I still didn't remember who this guy was or what his purpose was until his I got to the Zanto end of the arc. Starblood. Yeah. The only reason I remember Dr. Xanto Starblood. Xanto Starblood. The only reason I remember that is because it sounds like a wrestling persona. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um... Meanwhile, the actual good part of this uh, issue, IMO, is Logan takes Quentin to a space casino planet called Planet Sin. And they have a casino heist, which is really the best part of this entire situation. So the, bat the bottom line is that Logan needs money for the school, so he brought Quentin, probably the, uh, I would say the most powerful telepath at the school obviously he couldn't bring rachel with him um to basically go swindle a space casino for their money yeah kid omega has come to gamble i don't think quentin knows how to gamble but that's fine it's okay yeah that's fine he doesn't need to he's a telepath right yeah yeah you're not wrong but this basically this place is just it's very star wars yeah the colors are also amazing here. Like, oh, yes. the palette of the rest of the issue is kind of boring because they're in either the school or inside Kitty or Toad's bloodstream. But here, like, we have bright neon colors and, like, colorful aliens. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's a fun thing. Um, <coughs> Logan throws down the gauntlet, too. Um, and says, basically, if Quentin is as smart as he says he is, um, then he'll help Wolverine bring down the house and yeah. win money for the school. And it kind of seems like a win-win for both of them. Um, Logan gets to uh, help the school and Quentin gets to pretend like he's better than everyone else. So, <laughs> you know. It, it, and they, they always have a very good dynamic together. Uh, especially yeah. when Jason Aaron is writing them, so... Yeah. Remember how we said earlier that this purports to have like a bunch of different mutants in it and then still has the same five yes. all the time? Uh -huh. Um, so meanwhile, somewhere back in Kitty Pride's circulatory system, <laughs> I honest to God thought Bobby Drake, Iceman here, was bling. And I got really excited. I'm like, oh, X-Men spotting. And then I'm like, wait, nope. she can't surf on rocks. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not her at all. It looks very identical. It would it looks like like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. You could definitely mistake, mistake them. Yeah. So we're back. It's Kitty Bobby and the main gang and Lockheed also. And they're trying to fight the brood from inside out. Uh, swallow my pride. Choke on the rind, but the lack thereof. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm you trying to... Eve 6 reference. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy... Who, honest to God, looks like the cyber demon from Doom Two? Xanto uh, Starblood. I was going to say Professor Xanto Starblood, but that's wrong. Doctor Xanto Starblood arrives on the front lawn with his leashed brood and starts to eat members of Sword. Yeah, uh, but Krakoa uh notices this and decides to fight back with. Fists of grass. 
Yes. We stand a Krakoa. I do, at least. Yeah, Krakoa. You do. You're okay, bud. Yeah, doing okay. But the brood that Xanta Starblood has are not the only brood around, uh, because our friend, the mild mannered brew, is also in Kitty's uh, hospital room, and like puts his head to her belly because he's been hearing voices. And lets her know that not only are there brood inside of her, uh, but there's some inside the school outside of her as well. Yeah, so they're in the vents, and we get a very alien-esque shot in one of the panels where there is a brood in the vent. And, you know, I was under the impression that the brood infected you, and then you turned into one. I mean... Um, but, but just these throw, are special we're just brood. The rules out the window. These are special brood. There are rules. <laughs> there are rules. No, n- I mean not in comics. In comics, you say, "Okay, the rules normally apply here, but these ones are special." And then you're you're solid. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of frustrating, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of bouncing back and forth between the inside the school and then back to the space casino and i literally just wish this issue had been entirely space casino's casino yeah and in fact in my memory it was entirely space casino like i blocked out the brew the brood part entirely (laughs) and then was upset how little space casino there was um but we do get quentin saying come on lucky number crob thanad as he rolls the dice (laughs) which is very uh and then, of course, he wins and he says, it's all on the wrist, ladies, and then thinks, and the rudimentary telekinesis. <laughs> and then there's this, like, it's just so funny. Like, it's literally just like, every, it's like the plot to every like, casino heist you've ever seen in your life. But yeah. it's like, it's extremely entertaining. You know, it's- now the house is on to him. Like, he's winning too much. So, uh... You know, they have to do something because they're going to lose all this money. Yeah, and they call security, of course, and it's fine. It'll it'll be fine, I promise. And then we have to yeah. switch back to the school where now Brew and Kitty are on the run. And she shuts Brew away, though, to keep him safe. Uh, as this giant brood attacks them. And she shoots it in the face with a gun. Yeah, she takes matters into her own hands. Which is uh, fine. As she's being... Yeah, Um, and we learn that this dude is an extreme xenozoologist. (laughs) I mean, it means whatever you want it to mean. (laughs) Okay. Um. Yeah, because he's not here for Kitty. Um, we learn that he's here for Brew, which, of course, because. He's interested in Brew because Brew has a mind and not is and not, it is not mindless like the rest of the brood are. Quentin makes a telepathic sniffing Tandoran thought worm soil itself, um, and then gets in a fight. They get in a fight with the security at the casino. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of yoing back and forth. Kitty is rescued by Bamfs. Uh. <laughs> And, and Quentin manifests his psychic shotgun 
which is probably my favorite like thing that he does is yeah. make a psychic shotgun. I agree. And Kitty's not doing well and is freezing to death because everything is iced over for a reason I can't discern. They're in Bobby's office. Oh, okay. Yeah, so his office is just like Elsa's from Frozen. <laughs> or maybe Elsa's from Frozen's castle is like Bobby's, Bobby's office. Because that came afterwards, to be yeah, fair. So this would be the this would be the egg and the chicken and egg situation. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, yes. So everything you know about Frozen is actually based on yeah. Wolverine and the X Men. Today you learned. Yeah, so um by the way, Xanto in my notes is just big alien. Um <laughs> He tells Brew, anyone not willing to murder for science is no scientist at all, which, as a scientist, I find incredibly <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, Kid Gladiator turns into a brood. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I guess the rules are back. Like, I'm, I'm, I missed that because I was like, at this point, I was so... There was no plot happening, so I was just like, okay, I I need to like flip through these pages. Um, Bobby Kitty kisses Bobby at some point. Like to, as like a like she gets him back, I guess. They continue to fight the brood inside of Kitty and she's not doing so hot. And yeah. uh the Brew also isn't doing so hot. No. Mr. Starblood. I'm not going to use his formal education. Um, <laughs> wants to like figure out what's inside of his brain, so he's trying to split him open. Also, not good. And Quentin and Logan are basically fighting the space security to get away with all of their loot. Yeah. Um, you know, and finally, I'm just going to fast forward to the point at which. Sword comes to pick a kid gladiator brood and Xanto and everybody else back up. Yeah, it's okay. Everything's fine. Uh, but Xanto's happy because Brew has proved that he is brood after all. Okay. Also, I don't think that's ever is that ever brought up again. Why on earth does there have to be graphic puke in these pages? Uh, that is an extremely good question. Like, who wrote that down and was like, this, this is a good idea? I mean, it is, like, cut off slightly by the panel, but you're still seeing some of it. It's not. I mean, it's fun. To me, it was so indiscern. Like, I just see, like, there's bodily fluids happening on all of these panels. So, like, it didn't even register in my brain. Like, just, I'm just like, oh, this is gross and grisly. The the purple blood's fine. The other part isn't. Fair. But I do like Hank holding Brew very close. It's very cute. Yeah. <sighs> and there yeah, is some um, and there is some content where Rachel is holding Kitty. Yes. So I mean, you gotta find the bright things in life. Wait, hold on. Did Kitty kiss Bobby? After she had thrown up? Yes. Gross. I was hoping you didn't pick that. I was hoping you wouldn't pick that up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, I Krakoas, mean. Krakoas can grow diamonds, though, so all of their many trouble is fine. Yeah, well, I wish you could have figured this out further. And meanwhile, in space, Logan's legs are all broken. 
is bad. Yeah, they're all they're all jumbly. Which shouldn't be possible because his bones were laced with adamantium. Yeah. But again, we're breaking the we're laws breaking of comics continuity rules. here. <laughs> so why not? Let's just keep on and going. Yeah. And this last issue here, uh, number eight, is drawn by the indelible Chris Bacalo. Thank you for giving this book back a vibe that it didn't have while Nick Bradshaw was drawing it. Yeah, which, like, Nick Bradshaw is a perfectly wonderful artist, but I do really like the simplicity of Bakla's, like, work. Like, he knows when to only have the characters and just have a solid color background, which works really well, I think, when the characters are super detailed. And or, I do like, like his saber tooth quite a bit. Yes. Sabretooth, who here is not has not been exiled into the bowels of Krakoa forever. <laughs> Sabretooth. Yeah, this issue basically consists of like Sabretooth being hired by the tiny Hellfire Club. And it is basically Beast going into space and fighting with Sabretooth. Which this issue actually was pretty good. Yeah. Um, we also get, like, Evan Genesis's, I'm gonna call him Evan, because that's what he asked people to call him. Yeah. Um, we see his powers really get utilized, like, for the first time. Um, because, uh, I don't know, um, they decide, the kids decide, like, to go to space and hijack a, um, spaceship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it's this one's got, like, a very, like, in-space feeling. Like, it's just the way it's drawn and colored. It's yeah. much less busy than the rest of it. And I think it works better as, a stand, like, a, like, a slight standalone story. Which is basically, like, yeah. the kids go to space and Sabretooth is there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Angel tries to heal Logan by, uh dropping him from a height <laughs> like tries to prove that he's healed him because he's an angel and has healing powers but of course that doesn't work either his legs are still not good uh <laughs> still not good yeah i don't know they're all bendy in bad ways i don't know what else to yeah, call yeah no they aren't just not good that is exactly what's happened um but you know out of all of these issues, I don't know, Mikey, could you skip this arc and um, still be okay? I think so. I think so. Like, nothing that happens here doesn't happen. Any Like, Evan using his powers and obliterating someone with apocalypse eye beams when someone insults Kansas is a good moment. But yeah, like, very, yeah. Between that and the space casino, I think it's just entirely skippable. Yeah, I think you could read issue eight. Um, and I think you could read the parts that are the space casino heist parts through five and seven and be okay. The pregnant brood arc is not good and is in fact bad. Yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, and like, all you have to know, all this like arc accomplishes story-wise is that the school had money troubles and now 
those are solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in the macro sense, like that's yeah. It doesn't do much for anyone's character except for Logan and Quentin. Like the entire space and maybe casino Kid part. Gladiator? Maybe? Like you don't get to like Kitty is supposed to be a, some sort of focal point, but like isn't because Brew of- grows away from the team, but yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Brew definitely like did grow away shown- from the team. Yeah, he's shown sitting on a on a branch uh, on Diamond Krakoa Tree at the end, like, brooding. Ha-ha! Oh, boy. I'm sure that is supposed to be a pun. Like, I'm that's sure. a visual pun. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry if you, I'm sorry if you waited for six months to come back to some, like, titillating, like, uh, this is good comics ex- like talk, but there's a lot less to talk about when a comic's bad than when there is when it's good. Yeah, like um, it it, it just seems so <sighs> far back. In yeah, I mean it was nine years ago, but it also just seems so far back. And like, are we really writing comics about this right now? Yeah, I mean, okay. What I will say is, we got through it. We did it. We did um, it. Now that, you know, sometimes, like, when you have trouble getting through something, you just have to get through that, like, first bit that you don't want to do, and then everything yeah. else from there is downhill. I mean, the book <laughs> the book, as a whole has its highlights and its ups and downs. Like, we both, we knew this coming into it, um, but, like, some of it just, like, I don't. I don't know, like, like, this is seeding other things, but, like, the entire part where Kitty's, like, space pregnant with Brood is entirely unnecessary. Yeah, I don't, and, like, the thing is, it, it doesn't even cause, like, real, any interesting real, like, relationship drama. No. That couldn't be caused some other way. And the only, like, the only, like, build on characters that already exist in the book is that part with Logan and Quentin, because, like, that shows them, like, working together or failing to work together, or at least that Quentin's willing to save Logan, even when Logan doesn't think he can count on him. Like, those are, like, good character beats in this portion of the book. And, like, maybe showing that Brew isn't necessarily everything that he thinks he is is, like, another thing that's seated that will be explored going forward, but some of it just yeah. feels I like mean, it's doing things to do things. Maybe putting, like, three interwoven plots in a character-focused book isn't such a great thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Just, just, just a, you know, just thinking, putting that out there. Yeah. Um, I, you want to know something really funny, though? not great. Please tell me. Uh, all these other Rockslide and Anil show up in the live tweet for the issue, um, <laughs> because if you remember, that is a thing that Correct. was happening. All of the characters that are in that chart have their own Twitters, and they live tweet the stories, like as if they had been tweeting during the issue. I think with some of the amount of stuff that's going on here, I don't believe for a second that these characters had time to tweet all this. No. 
No. Tw- Twitter was so nascent at the time. Also. Yeah. yeah. It really was. But, like, you know, they sure did try to make this a thing. They sure did. Um, kudos to you, uh, Jordan D. White, because I know you were in charge of that. <laughs> Rockslide at Santa Rolls at Q Choir. Dude, are you still in space? Wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Dr. Xanto Starblood at Xanto Starblood at Q Choir. I agree with you, young man. Planet Sin does have attractive ladies. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, like, not embarrassing for, like, Jordan or whoever was in charge of, like, writing the tweets, because I know you're doing your best. It's just, like... <sighs> yeah. For me, as someone that did, like, in-character roleplay on Twitter... Right? Like, there's a way to do it and a way not to do it, my friends. Yeah. I did it for a long it, time. It was a worthwhile experiment. It was a worthwhile experiment. Um... There's a reason that Hoxpox didn't have live in character tweets, I think. Yeah. So okay, so that so that It just that. doesn't work. Yeah, that's that. And we got through it and we're better people for it. Um I'm sorry if this is your favorite story and you've listened to us tear it down, but I'm sorry. Please have better taste. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. I don't I can't I didn't come to play today. Um but while we're here and we're going to wrap up our our conversation, because you didn't get to weigh in last time, Mikey, uh, how'd you feel about Hoxpox? I actually still haven't wa- read, watched, read the late, the final issue, but overall I really enjoyed it. Um, it did a lot of really interesting um, like storytelling and character things and I think set the stage the x-men in a way that i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next because i think it's a really good story on its own right and it needed to be like independent Mm -hmm. but it also creates this status quo that i think would be really interesting as a writer to pull from yeah so i'm glad that it works both ways yeah I, i agree um i'm happy with it i'm glad our summer vacation is over I'm ready to start. I'm ready to start Dawn of X. So it was it was a it was a good enjoyable time, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad all three of us agree that we that we enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's that's that. Uh, again, I am sorry if you really do love this arc of the book. I don't. Um. I mean, I don't. we we told you what parts we liked and what parts yeah. we didn't. So, um, but going forward, I think things will be easier. Um, I think things yeah. get less cringy and maybe more just weird for weird's sake. But I can deal with that. I can't deal with the cringe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is some like stuff around the Hellfire Academy, but like that's at least like navig- navigable, able to be yeah. nav, yeah, able to be navigated. I was, I didn't want to <laughs> navigable say that or able to be navigated. Yes. <sighs> Meanwhile, thanks for sticking around, <laughs> listening to our podcast. Um, while we have been doing several things in several different ways, um, my name is Charlie, and I am currently being haunted and cursed at the same time, um, by wrestling. 
Um, you can the genetic ghost of wrestling. <laughs> you can find me at genetic ghost on Twitter, where I will be talking about wrestling. Probably, um, I haven't lost my brand and or abandoned it. I have just expanded, um, all the things that I I do on a daily basis. Um, starting very shortly, I will be writing a column about. Excalibur um coming up for one of the Dawn of X titles um with Noah Fow, uh the editor in chief of uh Women Write About Comics. So that'll be fun. Um you can find that over at Xavier Files on the internet. Um com. One of those things. Um otherwise I still am noodling around a bit, but I am just I've sunk it into the abyss of a new special interest, so you'll have to excuse me. Um, you can find us in general at Young Ones Cast on Twitter. Um, if you like our episodes, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can now find us on Spotify. Um, Rooney, mm-hmm. please don't sue that us. Happen. Rooney, please don't sue us. Rooney, we love you. Come on the show. Let's talk about <laughs> comics. <laughs> you had a really good song and we made it our theme song, so I think you should be <laughs> flattered. Right? <laughs> Mikey, how about you? We could have chosen Weezer, but we didn't. We well, chose we, Rooney. We chose Rooney. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at quantum dot dot, where I talk uh, about video games, tabletop role playing. Haven't been doing as much tabletop role playing design lately because my new job makes me very busy. But I have been doing a lot of Inktober. Still trying to catch up on that. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in my uh my inktober stuff you can find it there i have a thread so yeah that's me i'm a graphic designer former bioengineer now i think you i mean i'm still an engineer by training i think you should just tack and uh graphic designer onto bioengineer you make it a brand new field graphic and graphic bioengineering just doesn't have a ring to it but i've also got like i have to fit the tabletop role-playing game too many, too many hats. <laughs> too many hats, like Team Fortress. Too many too. hats. <laughs> I got into Team Fortress. I got back into Team Fortress Two over the summer, and that is a wild thing to be into in the year 2019. Let me tell you. Oh, I am. I am very sure. Anyway, catch us next time. Where we'll continue to talk about Wolverine and the X Men and other things. Probably. Um. That's it. <laughs> Until then, please don't glitter your don't cat. Don't glitter your cat. Yeah, that's uh, that's how we life, wrap this up, right? A, ni- a lifetime rule. Um, thank you, everybody, and have a a good evening or day or morning, whatever. This is just awkward. We should just end this. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>